How's everybody doing this morning? You doing well? And uh, no, I don't have coronavirus, just so you know. I was, I was skiing last week and, and uh, different things with uh, the air and, and those things. They'd go to the doctor and stuff, so I do not have coronavirus, just so you're aware. Um, I'm healed and whole in every way. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. So just to bring comfort to that, so you're, you're good with that. So, uh, But, uh, you know, uh, our president, um, Donald Trump, he called today as well as the National Day of Prayer. So um, if you feel comfortable, I want you to stand to your feet, and I want us to pray over our nation, just uh, as standing just in, in a position of faith, in an attitude of faith. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We praise you, Lord. Father, we as a church lift up our nation to you today. Thank you, Father, that we are a constant voice in the heavenly realm. We pray prayers of faith today. That you can work with to bring about great changes in the political scene of this nation. Great changes in the atmosphere of this nation. Great changes in the wealth and and, and health of this nation. Thank you, Father. We declare in the mighty name of Jesus that mighty is the Lord who is the victor over this nation. Father, we have asked for this nation as our inheritance according to Psalms chapter 2. And we release our faith and we declare that you are Prince of Peace over the United States of America. You are the Lord of the harvest over this nation and you will read your declared will over the United States of America. We declare that foundations are shifting and shaking in this nation. And we, the church, are your instrument to execute judgment on the works of darkness. So, Father, as a church, as a body of believers, as one unit, as a unified body, Father, we take authority over coronavirus. We take authority over this. We, we, we have a seated position and a seated place of authority. And we take authority over this virus that's operating in this community. The virus is operating in this state. The, the, the virus is operating in this nation, in the borders, and through all the nations throughout this world. We take authority over this destructive disease. We take authority over the fear that's being perpetuated, the fear that's controlling, the fear that's being continued to, to go forward in people's hearts. We declare the enemy is under our feet. We declare sickness and disease is under our feet. We declare the blood of Jesus is enough. We declare that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Father, you said if we would turn towards you and we, we would seek your face, you said you would heal our land. So Father, we thank you that our land is being healed. Hallelujah. Because, because of the, our voice in the heavenlies today. Thank you, Father. We speak healing to this land. We speak prosperity to this land. And Father, I declare, I declare that, that what's happening now will not hinder this church financially. Will not hinder any person a part of this church financially. It will not hinder this community financially in any way. I thank you with the enemy meant for evil. I declare that God, you are reweaving this and you are turning around for good. And I declare that the, that the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ will continue to go forward and expand. And I thank you that many are coming into your kingdom in this hour. Many are coming into your kingdom. Many are accepting Jesus in this hour. I thank you that hearts are open to receive and yield to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Now we've been given a tool as believers. We've been given a tool as the church, and it is praying in other tongues. Hallelujah. And now there is a position and a place in the church service where there's not confusion and, and where people are doing this or that or the other. But right now, this is a position of prayer. And we've been given the gift of the Holy Ghost, the gift of the Holy, to pray in tongues, to pray in a way that we don't know how to pray in our own ability. So this isn't necessarily initially the part of the church service, but this is prayer. So you don't necessarily have to have a tongue or interpretation, but this is us praying in our ancient language, in our heavenly language, the perfect, the clean, the precise prayer to pray about something when we don't know how to pray in our own ability. So as a body of believers, I want us to take a moment and for us to, not out of your head, but down in here, pray, praying in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost over our nation. Thank you, Holy Ghost. 
Oh, Father, we declare as quick as this virus came, I declare it is leaving just as quick. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Father, we lift up our president to you and all that are in authority across this nation. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that that you're ministering strength, ministering peace. I thank you for godly wisdom and godly counsel surrounding our president and all those in positions and places of authority in our nation and within this community. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. We declare and we say, peace be still to the storms that are taking place in this nation. If you believe that today, give God a shout of praise. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Continue to pray for our nation. Continue to pray for our city, our community, each other. Amen. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Is there something you'd like to share? Um, I may share something at the very end, but I just I want y'all to stretch your hand out to Pastor Justin this morning as thank he you, delivers the message from the Lord. Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Father, that you speak directly to our pastor for us. I thank you, Father, that he is anointed to hear. He is anointed to hear from thank the you, throne Father. room of God. And we lift him up right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the anointing on his life. I thank you that you are restoring him back to health in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the manifestation of your wholeness and your healing in his body, Father, as he speaks your word, Lord, that he is becoming stronger and stronger on the inside, that his voice is loud and clear in the name of Jesus, that he has no hindrances and no limitations this morning, Father, as he operates under your anointing and he operates into the grace of God, the fullness, the fullness of the grace of God working in his life. And Lord, we give ear to your word this morning coming through him. We put our faith in this message, the message of this house in the name of Jesus, that we will walk out the promises that you have given to us. So, Lord, Father, I pray that our ears would be open, that our eyes would be open, that we would have hearts that would understand, that we would hear with our spirits and not with our flesh in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Oh, Father, we line ourselves up with whatever he's going to speak this morning because we know it is your word. It is your word. We praise you and thank thank you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, honey. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 21, and I'm not going to continue on simplified this morning. Um, what I'm going to minister to you today actually is this scripture. I'll read it in a moment. Uh, the Lord actually took me to the scripture uh, at least 10, 10 days to two weeks ago. And um, as we got throughout when we were in Colorado, 
um, and throughout that time, um, and then hearing the just the, the national uh, things that were released this past Friday, and and for us, we're we're, we're not about um, coming against the you know the system or coming against wisdom or coming against what things that people are saying, you know. So that's why, because you know, we have two services and we're under that mark of people, you know, we we chose. To still have church and if, and send out emails and if you weren't com- comfortable being in a, in a community setting, that's fine. We, we totally understand. There's no, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but we, we felt, I, I felt in my heart that we, we, we needed to, we needed to meet together. And, and if, if you were here, that's great. If not, I'm, thank you for joining us online. Um, but this word that was given to me about two weeks ago and now I knew why that, why that scripture was given to me. And you'll, you'll see this in a moment. Um, but I want to want to encourage you just the fact of what what we've what Annette and I deposited just about it, it talks about how we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness in high places. Hallelujah. Satan is the author of sickness and disease. Jesus is the author of wholeness and healing. Yes. Right. And so that's why having done all to stand, stand therefore. So when we're facing what we're facing as a nation, well, first we need to see how do we stand? We stand with our loins girt about with truth. The word of God has to be the central strength. It has to be what we build our lives upon. It has to need, it needs to be what we establish our hearts in. So the thing is, is yes, there's, there, I want you, I want you to, I'm not, I'm not talking that coronavirus is real. Sickness and disease is real. What you might be facing in your life right now is real. Finances, attacks are real. And we're not, a person of faith doesn't deny the existence of things. All right. Now let me read the scripture to you in, in Luke chapter 21, verse 26. And this is Jesus talking. And, and I think if Jesus is talking, we need to listen. And in this chapter, he's talking about the last days. And we're in the last days. So that means what we're about to read may have to do with us, okay? Let's read this together. I'm going to read this in the King James, verse 26. Let's read this together. <clears throat> Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth... For the power of heaven shall be shaken. Now, think this scripture. We're just as I was. This, this, the Lord gave me this scripture about two weeks, ten days ago, and he and he said, Justin, I want you to meditate on this scripture, and and and, and think about this scripture. And he he kept. I kept re- reading this. Men's hearts failing them for fear. Men's hearts failing. The word feigning there means to. To become sorrowful. It means to become distressed. It means to become preoccupied. It means to become overtaken. It means to, it means to, to have no energy. See, why just talked about our hearts need to be established in the word. And here it says men's hearts failing them. Why are men's hearts failing them? It says for fear. And then it says this. And. For looking after those things which are coming on the earth. What's coming on the earth? Looking after those things that are coming on the earth. That men's hearts are going to fail them because of what they constantly see that's happening in the earth. Whether it's, whether it's racism. Whether it's anger. Whether it's financial things. Whatever it is. Whether it's coronavirus. or Whether it's sickness. Disease. Whether it's war. Whether it's pestilence. Whether it's disease. Whether it's hunger. Whatever it is. It says men's hearts are going to fail them because they're looking at something. It didn't say, it didn't say men's hearts are failing because of the things that are coming on the earth. It did not say men's hearts are failing because of the things that are coming on the earth. Men's hearts are failing because they're looking at the things that are coming on the earth. It says on the earth for the power of heaven shall be shaken. And you're like, oh, so this this must is heaven. It's because these things coming in the earth because of heaven. 
Now, first you have to understand heaven. Heaven has a lot of different understandings. And this word heaven does not here in the, in the Greek does not mean where God dwells. This word heaven means starry heaven. And it means the atmosphere. So it's saying, it's saying men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the power of heaven, for the atmosphere shall be shaken. Because the atmosphere is shaking, things are coming on the earth. And because things are coming on the earth, people are looking at those things and it's causing men's hearts to fail. The word shaken there means to totter. And there's a figure that it gives in the Greek. And, it, and, and I love this image. It's a figure of a child trying to learn how to walk. That the atmosphere is shaken. It's unstable. There's, there's, no, there, there's no stability in it. You don't know what it's going to be from one day to the next. You don't know what it's going to be. It's going to be up one day and down the next. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. It's going to be the other. There's nothing that can be depended upon. But the things that are coming on the earth are happening because of the atmosphere. The power that's in the atmosphere. And I believe those power are principalities, powers, rulers of darkness and high places. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Like I said, it doesn't mean that things that are coming on the earth aren't real. As I say, coronavirus is real. The things you're facing are real. Christianity and living a life of faith is not denying the existence of sickness or disease. A life of faith isn't about putting our head in the sand and saying there's nothing wrong. You, you standing, standing at home, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick. That's, that's not, that's not faith. There's no coronavirus. There's no coronavirus. Coronavirus isn't real. I don't have financial problems right now. I don't have financial problems right now. That's, that's, that's not a position of faith. That's, that's presumption. That's ignorance. A life of faith isn't denying the, resili- the, the reality of disease. Is denying its right to exist or to reign and remain in my body. A life of faith, a life of faith is whatever is coming on the earth, I have a correct perspective. Whatever is happening around me, whatever is going on in me, whatever is going on in, in your life, it's about you having the right perspective. Because what we cannot ha- have happen as a church and as a body of believers is our hearts to fail. Our hearts can't fail. Why? Because there is a world out there that needs people that have are strong in the Lord and the power of his might. We cannot be in a position of being weak in heart. And the only way we'll be weak in heart if we continue to look on the things that are coming on the earth. Jesus never denied the reality of lack. Jesus never denied the reality of sickness, disease, death, natural need. Even his own natural need. He even said he was hungry. He didn't say, I'm not hungry. 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 He never denied the fact that people had a need. He, he, said, he said, don't send them away. Why? Because they're going to faint in the way. So, so let's us do something about it. Let's us do something about it. He didn't deny that he didn't deny that person wasn't blind. He didn't, didn't deny the person. You're not really blind. That's not faith. Jesus never denied the reality of sickness. But on the other hand, he never glorified it either. Hear me? Jesus never denied sickness, but he also never glorified it. See, the more you watch the news, the more you meditate and talk about coronavirus, you're, medi- you're, you're glorifying it. The more you talk about your neighbors, the more you talk about how, what's not at the grocery store and how all the toilet paper's gone, you know, the more you, you're just glorifying what's happening. And I don't know why all the toilet paper's gone. Because it doesn't make you go to the bathroom, okay? It's like... No offense if you went out and you bought three cases of 32. I'm sorry, but 
I'm not making light of this. This, this, is, this is real that's going on in our society, okay? So I'm not making light of this, okay? I just want you to understand that Jesus didn't deny sickness, but he didn't glorify it either. What did he do? He glorified his father in heaven. He preached the kingdom of God. He preached the gospel of the kingdom. What did he do? He came to give a new perspective. He came to give us something else to look at. You know, he, he, he didn't say, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And because the spirit of the Lord, Lord is upon me, you're not poor. Because the spirit of the Lord is upon me, you're not sick. Because the spirit of the Lord is upon me, you're not blind, you're not deaf, you're not captive. He said, because the spirit of the Lord is upon me, I will preach the gospel to the poor. I will heal the brokenhearted. I will set at liberty them that are bruised. You see what I'm saying? There's a difference. Faith is not about denying it. Faith is about glorifying the answer. It's about looking at the answer. It's about meditating on the answer. It's about declaring the answer. So, so here we're not going to glorify coronavirus, but we're going to glorify our father, which is in heaven. And we're going to declare hallelujah. We're going to declare the gospel. We're going to glorify our father, which is in heaven. Jesus glorified his heavenly father. He came to give them a new perspective, a new perspective. Wanted them to see something different. Because you're poor, I've got some, I've got another way of seeing things. Because you have a broken heart, I have another way of seeing things. Now let's, go, let's look at back into Luke 21. Verse 26. Men's hearts are failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then they shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. Now, when these things begin to come to pass, what things? The things that are coming on the earth. When these things begin to come to pass... Then look up, look up. See, you have two, you have in verse 26, you have people looking at all the things that are coming on the earth. But then he's telling them when these things are happening, what should they be doing? Looking up, looking up, looking up, looking up, looking up, looking up. Looking up. Why? Because your redemption draws nigh. Look up. See, we don't need to be looking at all the things that are coming on on the earth. We need to be looking at redemption. We need to be looking up because our redemption is drawing near. Our redemption is drawing near, nearer today than it was yesterday. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. And we don't need to be looking at all the things that are coming on the earth. We don't need to be putting our head in the sand. We need to be looking up at our redemption. Looking up at the answer. Looking up at the new, at a different perspective. Thank you, Father. Luke 21 gives us an answer to look up. Don't look on the problem. Look on your redemption that's drawing near. We have to see things from a different perspective. Let's go to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for hope rising in this place where there's discouragement. I thank you for hope. Philippians 3. This is about a new perspective. Seeing things with different lenses. Thank you, Father. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Philippians 3. 19. It says, whose end is destruction. Whose God is their belly. 
and whose glory in their shame, who mind earthly things. Now, I could talk about each one of these things, but it's talking about minding something, minding earthly things. So you're minding something, you're looking at it. If you're minding something, you're meditating on it. If you're minding something, you're giving attention to it, right? So you're minding earthly things. Then it says this, for our conversation is in heaven. Now, a better way to say conversation is this. Meaning, I need to stop minding earthly things. Why? Because my citizenship is in heaven. Now, if you read this in the Amplified, it says this. It says, thank you, Father. Verse 20 says, but we are citizens of the state, the commonwealth, the homeland, which is in heaven. And from it also, we earnestly and patiently await the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who will transform in fashion anew the body of our humiliation to conform to be like the body of his glory and majesty. By exerting that power which enables him even to subject everything to himself. So we don't mind earthly things. Why? Because our citizenship is in heaven. Hallelujah. We, have a, we are citizens of the state which is in heaven. And from it, we earnestly and patiently await the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, this is almost the same thing. What do you do? You don't mind the earthly things, but what do you do? We look up. We look up. Why? What do you look up? We, we, our, our citizenship is in heaven. And what are we doing? We're awaiting our Lord Jesus. We're looking up. We're looking up. Say, I'm looking up. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Thank you, Father. Let's, let's look at verse 13 first. But, it now Christ, but now in Christ Jesus... You who sometimes were far off were made near by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace. Let's go down to verse 17. And he came and he preached peace to you which were far off and to them that were near. For though we both have access by one spirit into the Father. Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners. But fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Think about that. Hallelujah. For through him we both have access by one spirit. Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints of the household of God. See, I want want you to see that we see things from a different perspective. We, We see things from heaven's perspective. We are citizens of heaven. We are According to Ephesians 2, early on in this, we are seated with him in heavenly places. Amen. 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 Say, my citizenship citizenship is in heaven. heaven. Therefore, Therefore, I'm looking up. up. Let's go to Colossians 2. Now I'm going to a lot of scripture, but I want you to see this. And (coughs) excuse me. Looking up. We're citizens. Have, have, have that perspective that you are a citizen of heaven. You know, for the sake of time, we're not going to go there, but in, in Psalms 34, the, it, it says, he, he says, magnify the Lord with me. Let exalt his name together. Magnify the Lord. Now, what I want, what I want you to see is, take your hand. Put it way out here. Now, right now, with your hand out, you can still see me, right? Now, bring your hand in closer. Bring it closer, 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 closer to your eyes. Closer, closer, closer. Can you see me now? You see, the closer you get to something, the bigger it becomes. So, the more that you are looking... At what's coming on the earth, the bigger those things become. 
But the more that you look at the right things, the bigger those things become. That's why I believe the psalmist could say, magnify the Lord with me. If you read the first four verses in that, he talks about how God delivers him out of trouble. He, he talks about magnify the Lord with me. Mag- make him bigger. Make him bigger. And I think more than anything else, what we need to do right now is to make him bigger in our lives. Let's look at, let's, let's look at in Colossians 3, verse 1. It says, if you then be risen with Christ, have you, have you made Jesus the Lord of your life? Lift your hand. She says we're ri- risen with him. Then what does it say? Seek those things which are above. Seek those things. So if I'm born again, now this is written to the church. This isn't, this isn't written for someday we're to read in heaven, okay? We don't need this in heaven. We'll be already there, okay? But Paul's telling us how to live in the nasty now and now. Paul's telling us how to live in persecution, how to live in, in, in distress, how to live in tribulation. How to live when everything's coming against you. How to live. And what does he tell them? He says, if you then risen with Christ, then look at those things that are above where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Meaning you're, you're, you don't need to seek in the things on the, seek the things that are above where Christ sits. Sits, seek those things where your authority is at. Seek those things where your position is. Seek the things that life, seek the things that your answer. If you're risen with Christ, we just talked about that. I'm a citizen of heaven, right? Then seek those things are above where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Then what does it say? Verse two, let's say this together in the King James. It says, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Wow. What are you looking at? What are you magnifying? What are you spending most of your time meditating on and talking about? Like I said, I'm not, I, I'm not talking that these things that are in the earth don't exist. I'm just saying that they can't take our affection. We have to set our affection on those things that are above where Christ sits. Why? For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. For your life is hid with Christ in God. Let's go to John 17. Now, remember that statement. Our life is hid with Christ in God. Let's go to John 16. Thank you, Father. Let's look at Jesus' perspective. John 16, verse 31. Jesus says, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that you shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. Yet I am not alone. Because the Father is with me. I want, I want you to see for a moment how Jesus dealt with trouble and how he dealt with situations. Like I said, he didn't deny the existence of certain things. But yet he didn't glorify it either. He makes a statement. He goes, I'm alone. I'm alone. But yet he gives us some insight into how he sees things. He gives us some insight in how he views situations. Even though he wasn't alone, he knew he wasn't alone. What does he say? He goes, because the Father is with me. What I want us to leave with today is on the back end of today's message is I want us to leave with an understanding of where our refuge is and where we find our peace. Because where you find your refuge is, is what you're magnifying, what you're setting your affection on and what you're looking towards. 
See, according to Colossians, it says our life is hid with Christ in God. So that means that's my refuge. But I want you to see that Jesus realized that same thing, that he realized that his life was hid in God. And Jesus found his refuge in God. Even when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was sweating great drops of blood, he found his refuge in God. When, he, when it says he found his refuge, it means he found his strength, his support, his care, his comfort. Everything was found in his father. I'm not alone. Why? Because my father is with me. So no matter what might be happening around us and happening in our world, we have to understand that we have a refuge. Now, I want to read a few. Go to Psalms. Go, go, we'll go, come back to John 16. Go to, go to Psalms 57, and I'll get there in a moment. But I want to read two other scriptures to you. For the sake of time, I won't turn to these two other ones, but just find your place in Psalms 57. But in Psalms 9, it says this. The Lord also will be a refuge and a high tower for the oppressed. A refuge and a stronghold in times of trouble. The Lord is a refuge and a high tower for the oppressed. There's so much oppression that's happening in our world today beyond coronavirus, okay? But it tells us that what? The Lord is my refuge. It's my shelter from danger, shelter from distress, care and protection. Why do we, why are we to look up? When all the other things are coming on the earth. Why? Because we have a refuge. And it says here, the Lord also will be a refuge and a high tower for the oppressed. A refuge and a stronghold in times of trouble. I love, he, he's not just a refuge, but he's also a stronghold. Woo! A, Vic, he's a stronghold in times of trouble. A stronghold in times of trouble. Then Psalms 46, verse 7 says... The Lord of hosts is with us, and the God of Jacob is our refuge. So the Lord of hosts is with us, and the God of Jacob is our refuge. What did Jesus say? I'm not alone. Why? The Father's with me. Why? The Father's my refuge. And get this. Our life is hid with Christ in God. You're a citizen of heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Verse, verse 10 says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen and I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Meaning, you might think about that. Just close your eyes for a moment. And just, just as I say this, meditate on this. The Lord of hosts is with you, and he is your refuge. Thank you, Father. He's our refuge today. You can open your eyes. He's our refuge today. Excuse me. Now let's look at Psalms 57. It says, Be merciful unto me, O God. Be merciful unto me, for my soul trusts in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make will I make my refuge until these calamities, until these calamities, until these calamities be overpassed. Now, if you look at this psalm, a lot of times I, you know, I'll see different things in scripture and the Lord would say, I want you to look at this. And so I'm like looking at this and I'm like, what do you want me to see? He goes, go up and read above where the chapter starts. Well, in my Bible, it says to the chief musician, Al-Tashith Mitzham of David, when he let, when he fled from Saul in the cave. And so I'm like, okay, what he goes, he goes, what does that mean? I'm like, I don't know. He goes, look up what that means. Now, now the word Mishtam means a golden poem. It means meaning something that's precious to the person that's writing it. 
Now, now get this. What Al-Tashif means, means I will not be destroyed. Actually, the, the better terminology is, uh, I had to write it down. Um, thank you, Father. They shall not destroy. So what is the, the psalmist saying? It starts off even right as a description of, this is a golden poem. This is a precious poem, and it's about not being destroyed. And what does he say? Be merciful unto me, God. Be merciful unto me, for my soul trusts in thee. Yea, in the shadow of your wings will I make my refuge. Why? Until the calamities be overpassed. Meaning, meaning it doesn't matter what I'm facing. I don't leave my refuge. Meaning, meaning I'm going to, you're going to be my refuge until these calamities are no more. It doesn't matter uh, about coronavirus. You're going to be my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. It doesn't matter about this current financial lack I'm facing. You're going to be my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. Now, this word calamity means destruction. It means destroying pestilence. The word calamity involves loss. It involves loss of health. involves loss of crops. And loss of opportunities. So what is it? What is this, this virus that has a potential of doing to provide loss of health, loss of crops, and loss of opportunities? But it says, I will stay under his wing. He is my refuge until these calamities are overpassed. We are to never leave our position of refuge. Thank you, Father. And Jesus rested in the fact that I am with the Father, that the Father is with me. He's my refuge. Now, let me close with this. Go to Psalm, go back to, sorry, go back to John 16. Thank you, Father, for your word today. I thank you for the encouragement that it brings. Father, we speak, I speak life to this congregation. I speak life to those that are watching by way of internet. I speak life to those that are experiencing any flu symptoms, any, any symptoms that are related to coronavirus. I speak life to it. Hallelujah. We speak life to it. Hallelujah. We magnify you. We magnify you, Father. So Jesus let us know where he rested. But then he tells us this, verse 33. These things have I spoken unto you. I've spoken these things to you. Well, he, he's really, he spoke chapter, pretty much chapter 14, 15, and 16. All is kind of like together. And then he goes in and he prays before he gets, he gets betrayed. But he closes this chapter out in this combination of, of let not your heart be troubled. And talks about all these different things that are happening in these three chapters. And he says this, these things have I spoken unto you. That in me you might have peace. In me you might have peace. Set my affection on things above, not on the things on the earth. Why? Because my life is hid with Christ in God. My life's hid with my life is hid in Him. And here He says that in me you might have peace. In John fourteen. 27, he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. Go to Philippians chapter 4, and I'll close with these. I got to turn to these two. Philippians chapter 4. He says, in me you have peace. In me you have peace. In me you have peace. In me, in me, in me, in him, in Jesus. In me, you have peace. Thank you, Father. He said, we're not denying the existence of anything that's happening in our world. The thing is, is, is we're, we're setting our affection on the right things. He's my refuge. And I'm not, I'm not going to get out of that refuge until these calamities are overpassed. Amen? And as I'm staying in that refuge, I understand as I'm in that refuge, I'm, I'm in a pa- pa- place and a position of peace. Philippians chapter 4. Verse 6 says, do not fret 
or anxiety about anything. Do not fret or have anxiety about anything except coronavirus. Do not fret or anxiety about anything but financial lack. Hmm. It says, do not fret or have anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition, definite requests with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. And what? And the God of peace shall be yours. That tranquil state of soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and being content with his earthly lot, whatever sort it may be, which transcends all, excuse me, all understanding shall garrison and amount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The King James says there in verse seven, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, meaning it's not, it, it, it doesn't make sense to your head. It doesn't make, make sense to people out in the world. It makes no sense to the worldly mindset. It passes all understanding. And what it shall keep your hearts. Now get this. And minds. Keep your heart and minds. It will keep your heart and minds. Through Christ Jesus. Let me close with this. 2 Thessalonians 3. Thank you for the word. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Father, I thank you for your peace in this place. I thank you for your peace rolling and reigning over every single person watching by way of internet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I'm going to read this in the Amplified. Verse 16 says, now may the Lord of peace himself. And I love this because as I read it this way, that peace isn't an emotion, but peace is a person. Now may the Lord of peace himself. Now may the Lord of peace himself grant you his peace, the peace of his kingdom at all times and in all ways, under all circumstances and condition, conditions, whatever comes, the Lord be with you all. Wow. The Lord is my refuge. The Lord is my refuge. Though a thousand may fall at my side and ten thousand in my right hand, it shall not come near me. It shall not come near me. Now may the Lord of peace himself grant you, give you his peace at all times, in all ways, under all circumstances and conditions, whatever comes. And I love, he says, the Lord be with you all. And I love this in the next verse. He says, I, Paul, write you this final greeting with my own hand. See, he had someone, he, he, he had someone dictate everything that he, 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 he spoke, they wrote down. But I love how this last phrase, he actually says, I'm going to write this myself. Because you need to know this. In the fact that in, in, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. That's what Jesus said in John 16. But he said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world and I've deprived its power to harm you. Why? How do you say it? Because in me, you have peace. In me, you have peace. In me, you have peace. Now, the Lord be with you. Why? Because if the Lord's with you, you have peace. Wow. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you that you are our refuge and you are our peace today. And Father, we, we refuse to allow our hearts. We refuse to allow our hearts to be overwhelmed by the things that are coming on the earth. 
So today as a body, we choose to not deny what's happening in the earth, but we choose to glorify you in the earth. We choose to glorify healing and not this disease. We choose to glorify peace and not confusion. We choose to glorify freedom and not bondage. I thank you for being our refuge and our peace today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. That your peace that passes our understanding flow throughout this, this, this nation. That through this season, through this season, Father, through the, the seasons of attack, through the season of tribulation in the earth, I, I thank you, Father, that people would become God conscious. That people would awaken to the reality of who you are. And they would see you as the only refuge and the only source of peace. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Annette, did you want to come? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Just really quickly, um, the Lord had, had spoke, woke me up the other morning and spoke to me and said, Bring the fire and the wood. And I thought, what does that mean, Lord? And I went to, um, just a second. Thank you, Father. It's in Jeremiah, verse 5. And he says in verse 14, he says, I will make my words fire. And he was talking about his word. When we speak his word, it's going to be fire in these days. And it says that, and this people will be wood, and this fire will devour them. So what, I'm talk- what, what I, I sense the Lord was saying to me was that in these times, and he, this was last week, and he said, but there's a time coming in these times. This is not, this is not a, 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 a surprise. God has prepared us for this time. He says, I will put... My word's in you, and my word will be fire, and it will consume people. And now, you've got to understand what this means. This is talking about the fear in people, the natural in people that needs to be consumed, okay? So we've got to speak the word of God, because it says that word will be fire in your mouth, and this people would, and it will devour them. He says, behold, I am bringing a nation upon you from afar. You know what a nation is? It's a people. It's a people group. Say, I am a people group. I am a people group. So we are this nation that it is saying that he is going to bring from afar, and we will be mighty and an enduring nation, an enduring people. It is an ancient nation. He has created us before the foundations of the earth for this time now. Because we have girded our Lord (coughs) with the word of God. And so when we speak it, it will be fire and it will consume the fleshly part of what's happening in the world right now. It will consume that part. They need to hear the word of God come out of our mouth like fire. Isn't that good? I knew that. I'm like, oh, hallelujah. And it says, they shall break down and impoverish your fortified cities in which they trust. You will be like a sword. (laughs) You will be the sword. The sword will come out of our mouths. Amen. And I was telling Justin, I said, you know what? The, when we think of the word rebuke, we think of, I rebuke you, right? We say it over and over. I rebuke you. I rebuke you. I rebuke you. Well, the other thing the Lord told me, because that was one night and the next night the Lord said, Set your face like flint. Well, if you go to that scripture in Jeremiah, it's talking about Jesus. Jesus set his face like flint because he said, the Lord is with me. God is my help. Because God is my help and God is with me, Jesus set his face like flint. To rebuke means to not give attention to. To rebuke means, I'm not even going to, uh-uh. And just keep going. It said he set his face like flint and he looked upon Jerusalem. The purpose 
and the power that was within him to fulfill that purpose. Right. Okay, so we have a purpose. We are a people of purpose. Amen. Amen. So we the way we rebuke this thing is not to look upon it, but to keep our eyes focused on our help. What pastor is talking about. Amen. To set our face like flint. You know, the yeah. devil can't read your mind. He can't read your mind. Right. But what are people going to look at our face? Right. right? The, if, if things are going haywire, they're going to look at you and go, okay, what's her face doing? What's his face doing? What are they doing? My face is like flint. I'm looking to God. I'm looking to God. Thank I'm you, looking Father. to God to be my Thank help. You, Father. Amen. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Amen. I love that. Just the, the word rebuke doesn't, doesn't mean, it means, means not giving attention to it. Yeah. I was listening to something in, uh, a long time ago, and it said when Jesus rebuked, he didn't actually say the word rebuke because that wasn't, it, that wasn't their terminology. He yeah. just did not give attention to it. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Father, we speak peace over each person in this place, watching by way of internet. I thank you that there's no distance in prayer and there's no distance in the anointing. And I thank you that the anointing is restoring physical bodies. Amen. I declare that the anointing is strengthening immune systems. I thank you, Father, for just the peace of God. To rule and reign over us as a body. And then as Annette said, that we would be that people that would have it just established in our hearts. The word established in our hearts coming out of our mouth in this season. That Father, that we as a people, as we go about our business, as we go about our days, that we would have a different voice. We'd have a different voice than the rest of the world. Not a voice of turmoil, not a voice of panic, but we'd have a voice of peace. Because it would be the word of God in our hearts coming out of our mouth. Not words of judgment, not words of condemnation, not words of this, that, or the other, but words that declare the answer. And Father, as a body, we make a determined decision of our hearts to not look on the things that are coming on the earth. We make a decision to look up to where our help comes from. Jesus, come quickly. I know there's still a great work that needs to be done in the earth, but Father, come quickly. hunger for your coming. I have a hunger to see you face to face. Well, let us not be so bogged down by the sign of the times, but let's be more focused on looking up. We thank you for the time that we got to be in your presence today, Father. If you're here today and Say, Pastor Justin, I just need peace today. A greater level of peace today. Just slip your hand up right where you are. See that hand? See that hand? Thank you, Father. Well, I thank you for the peace that comes from the Holy Spirit. Those that lifted their hands, I thank you for peace. Peace to flow like a river. Peace to surround every heart and mind. Peace. Thank you, Father. Let your peace flow. Lord, I just thank you that your peace would reign on their homes. Lord, while the kids are off school, 
for an extended period of time, I speak peace over moms and dads. I speak peace and provision. Thank you for working all the details out. Between work and school and all that must be accomplished, Father, I I just thank you for just peace over this, that that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. So, Lord, this season, I thank you. As we continue to look up, I thank you this season will be light and easy. That we don't take on. We don't take on the the, the things that are going on, the, the things that have to be done. But we just rest in you, Father. So as we leave today, we go wrapped, clothed, surrounded by the love of God, the peace of God, the glory of God, the goodness of God, and the presence of God. Just refreshing over every person, Father, exactly the ways they need it. We thank you for it today, in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you all. God bless. Have a great week. See you on Wednesday night.